This PGA Championship edition of the Sports Gambling Podcast is presented by MyBookie.ag. Sports are back, and MyBookie is now offering a 100% deposit bonus when you use the promo code SGP. That's MyBookie.ag promo code SGP to play, win, and get paid. We're also brought to you by the leaders in daily fantasy, DraftKings. Download the DraftKings app now and use the promo code SGP to get a shot at millions of dollars in prizes every day this week. That's promo code SGP to get a shot at millions of dollars in prizes every day this week only at DraftKings. Finally, we're also brought to you by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in pay pred providers and they make it super easy to start your own sportsbook. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. Hi, this is Merrill Hodge, and you're listening to SGPN. Let it ride, baby. Welcome everyone to the sports gambling podcast. I'm Sean stacking the money green with my partner in picks, Ryan, real money Kramer. What's happening. Kramer dog. I don't know if you saw that Sean, but I had to make sure my hat was on because we are about to go for a ride previewing the NFC's. Oh wait, <laughs> no, not yet. Sean, not yet. Football is not quite you, you here. You promised me this week we got to talk about football. We do. We are our first division preview slash divisional win totals podcast. We'll be dropping later this week. We also Ooh. have a special former NBA player. Uh, we'll be joining the podcast and some NBA picks. But today, tonight, we're recording this podcast talking about a golf major, the PGA Championship. I'm jacked. I did a little uh, research. Most of my research is uh, just reading our golf writer, which will be <laughs> joining us in a second. But uh, also, a couple quick shout out. I did a little uh, self touting on the old Twitter mm. at Gambling Podcast. Pointing, you're, pre- you're pretty good at that, Sean. Pointing out that we have a top 100 uh, currently in the Apple Podcast charts, football podcast. That is a sports gambling podcast. We now have a top 100 basketball podcast, the newly <laughs> dropped uh, NBA gambling podcast. Just look for that on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and then of course, bringing up the rear. Unclear if it's a sport or not, but the soccer oh, gambling podcast wow. also top one hundred. So, could see what you did there, framing the data. You don't want soccer to look that no, good. I don't want uh, soccer is soccer is again bringing up the rear. But again, check out those podcast feeds. They're all up and running. Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Google Podcasts, wherever great podcasts are download, and, check and, all those out. And if you're trying to get out of arrears on your bills or with your bills, you should listen to those podcasts and get paid. Yes. Did I make that word up? Well, Ryan, it doesn't matter if Do it, I get you, an eight out of ten for use? It's a, it sounded pretty legit. Again, yeah, I talk word, to computers most of my day. Yeah, words are just, you know, you you figure it out from there. But of course, presenting sponsor, mybookie.ag, the hundred percent deposit bonus is back. Perfect time. We got golf going. We got NBA in the bubble. Back to back to back games. Uh, you know, March Madness almost style going on in there. Too much. Too much. Hundred percent deposit bonus. Mybookie.ag and of course baseball. We got free baseball picks going up at the website. We got it all, including our own golfing expert joining us. The one, the only Steve Shermer. Steve, it's our first golfing major of the year. Granted, it's happening in August, but I gotta imagine you're pretty jacked up. I am. I mean, it has been a long, crappy, socially distanced year, but you know what? We did it. We did yeah. it, guys. We made it to August, our first major. Let's talk some golf. Uh, isn't it great how every male is just broken at this point? <laughs> like we're completely. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly like, I'm getting worried for what the fall is gonna bring because. I already found myself like immediately realizing like, oh yeah, real basketball way better than video game betting. No offense to Sims. Yes. And we are, we are the Sim God. So we can say that with love and it's a Mm. good replacement to fill in when, when stuff's not going great. 
but really, and we, we mentioned uh, before we started rolling here with Steve, we were talking about the upcoming major schedule. No. I mean, my head's exploding when the fact that we we're going to have a major going two different majors, wait, or maybe even three at the same time while we have football going, that just seems insane. And the last, the point I was going to make before you stomped all over my point, Sean, which is fine. You stomped on it. Well, I uh, was that I think I'm learning that golf is one of my more favorite sports to do DFS and bet on because I found I found myself I was touting how much the two game format in the NBA is such a perfect format for DFS. It, golf's more fun. Gol- uh, go- uh, golf is maybe second to football now in my eyes. So I, I am I'm finding out that golf plays a bigger role in my degenerate lifestyle than I originally thought. That's where I was getting. And that's that's when you. So I'm worried about the fall. That's when you know you're getting old when golf just starts (laughs) climbing up the power rankings of how much perfect to just put it on, have a little nap, have a couple couple drinks, couple. (laughs) Not nothing too crazy. You you got you got you got to wake up Monday morning and get to work. But yeah, it's it's awesome that golf's back. It's awesome that we got a major going and uh, yeah, no, we're going to be giving out a DraftKings lineup. Of course, DraftKings.com promo code SGP that is slated. I'm, I'm staring at mine right now, but before we get to all of that, let's uh, let's just talk a little bit of course action. They say, Hor- oh, wait, what is it? Horses win courses. Is I, that, is I that the phrase? What, say, right? what is it? Horses, what? horses for courses, horses for courses. And what horses? Are we thinking about the TPC Harding Park? Ooh. And I know I read your article where it, the course was. Correct me if I'm wrong. It was setting up to almost be too easy, and then the PGA and and some of the course officials kind of stepped in and tweaked some things to make it a little tougher. Walk us walk us through the course and what's been happening. Yeah. So on a normal day with TPC Harding Park, it, it really just looks like your typical municipal golf course. It's you know, it's only 7,200 yards long from the back tees. It's pretty wide open there. You know, even though it's tree lined, there's a lot of room off the tee, pretty generously wide fairways, small greens, you know, they're just, there isn't a whole lot of tricks that unaltered it can play. And I think the PGA of America noticed this as well. And they decided to make three big changes to the golf course. So number one, they narrowed all the fairways. All the fairways are about 40% less than uh, what their usual width is. They're going to average about 25 yards wide on all the par fours and par fives. That's U.S. Open narrow. Mm. So that's a pretty big change right there. The second thing they did is they shifted fairways to move them closer to bunkers. So that's going to be more of a nuisance off the tee for a lot of guys who maybe want to take it more of an aggressive play. They got to now compensate for an overhanging tree or, you know, a bunker. And they also shaved down the rough around the bunker to promote balls from funneling in. And then the last thing they did is they thickened the rough and I say thicken, you know, they didn't grow it out. It's only about three to four inches, about ankle high deep, but it's thick. You know, if on the, uh, they showed the practice rounds today on the ES, uh, ESPN plus, you can see that it's hardy, it's lush. And the message is very clear what they're trying to send. They want to restore driving accuracy. You know, I mean, for the first seven weeks of the PGA tour, we've seen guys bombing golf courses, bombing at 320, you know, just all these huge driving distances. And the PGA of America wants to try and curb that. Now, is that going to work? Generally speaking, and we've had examples of when they've tried to narrow golf courses and put penal rough before we saw it last year in PGA championship, you know, every all week at Beth page black, they were just saying the narrow, the fairways are really narrow. It is penal rough. You have to hit the fairway. Well, guess what ended up happening? Brooks Kepka won the damn thing by Friday and Dustin Johnson beat everybody by four shots too. They were one and two in the field. Generally what happens is when you narrow a golf course, you narrow the fairways, yeah, a shorter, more accurate hitter is going to hit the fairway more often than a longer hitter, but they're still going to be playing out of the rough more often than they want to, mm. except now they're going to be playing out of penal rough at a farther distance away from the green. And they just don't have the fast enough club speed to be able to hack it out of the rough there, as opposed to a longer hitter who maybe can hit, you know, a wedge or a nine iron and get underneath the golf ball and pop it out of there and at least get it in general proximity to the green. So, and, and also you know, just being in San Francisco, um, the air is really dense. So even though it's 7,200 yards on the scorecard, 
it's going to play a lot longer than that to really put a lot of the shorter hitters a little bit behind the eight ball. Now, where it goes from there is all going to depend on how firm the greens get. You know, at that point, that takes a little bit of the advantage away from the bombers because the whole goal of bomb and gouge is to hack out of the rough. And if the greens are really soft, they're going to be able to be able to hold the greens and keep the ball on there. If the greens are firm, it's going to repel the balls. That means scrambling is mm. a lot more important. And then hitting out of the fairway then becomes at a premium. Now the firmness is really going to depend on the weather. If you were watching the practice round today, you saw that Marine layer hovering over the golf course that helps keep a lot of the moisture. Well, first of all, it adds moisture to the golf course. You know, you saw, you know, even though it wasn't raining, you saw the moisture accumulating on the camera lens. The rough was wet. You saw when, um, you know, guys were hitting uh, their shots, water would pop up. Um, that would help keep the golf course a little soft. We saw that a little bit with Pebble Beach last year. Their goal was try to get the golf course more firm. The marine layer kind of stifled, um, you know, the wind that would have dried it out. It kept a little more moisture on it. And we have getting a leaderboard where longer hitters end up winning. Um, but there is some wind in the forecast, especially on Thursday. Um, and we'll talk about that a little later, as you're sending your DFS lineup, that's going to help dry out the golf course. Mm. So overall, it's really going to come down to if, if, if the greens are firm, it's going to bring a lot more different types of golfers to the table that you could bet on to win. But if the wind doesn't come, and the golf course and the greens stay relatively soft or at least receptive. It's probably going to be in our Beth page black um, this year. And it's really going to come down to maybe like eight or nine guys. I like uh, Steve. Well, introduced if, me. if you took the under on penal rough <laughs> under 10 minutes into the interview, you I, won. Introduce me to a new word. Penal rough. Oh, I, it, lo- it, I love when he said it before. I love when Steve says penal rough, penal rough. <laughs> Firm greens and penal rough, Sean. He's one of those guys who will get penetration. <laughs> Apologies, uh, Steve. Steve is a is a true analyst and true professional. It, it, so basically, what you're saying is the bomb and gouge strategy that's going to work as long as it stays moist, it stays wet. The the green, like you you were, use the word receptive, which I like that as a golfing word. I I seem to manage to put on a lot of greens that are not receptive, so they're willing they're willing to accept the ball. And and kind of stick there. Where now, if they're if they're using the irons out of the rough, things are going to bounce off, and then they're going to have to chip back on, et cetera, et cetera. So, people look at this course and they think, oh, the fairways are skinny. It's gonna it's gonna favor the guys with the accuracy. But you're pointing out, listen, everyone is going to kind of end up in the rough because these things yep. are so tight. Really, what's going to benefit is the guys who are able to, you know, blast the three iron out of the light rough are are going to be put in a much better position. Again, assuming the water holds, and you're—it sounds like you're almost rooting for the win because that opens up the field more, gives a gives some of these long shot guys a bit of a chance. One of the uh, fun things when we're talking golf is, of course, rivalries. When these guys—it's—it's <laughs> it's what appeals to me about NASCAR, and maybe that's why Steve is a NASCAR fan as well and big into the NASCAR is these mano a mano, these feuds where there's truly no one to hide behind, Sean. No love lost between some of these guys. And we got one. Uh, we got one emerging here. Bryson DeChambeau, friend of the program. <laughs> Again, we spent a good ten minutes breaking down his quarantine video, which is just nonstop laughs. Google that uh, if you want. Uh, it's still it's still relevant today as it, as it was when we first talked about it. Versus versus just major stud uh, Brooks Kepka. What's going on between these guys, and and who do you think ends up having a, a better PGA Championship? <laughs> Well, I mean, it's been great seeing them go back and forth because I mean, the PGA tour in its nature loves they, well, they don't love it. They, they want to avoid controversy at all costs. And a lot of fans have been screaming for them to pair Brooks and Bryson together, just to see what would happen. But PGA tour won't give the people what they want, but it's been great seeing them go back and forth in the media, basically going back to last year between you know, Bryson accused Brooks of not having abs. And then Brooks responded by showing his four major trophies <laughs> saying he's too short of a six pack. Uh, you had, you had Brooks great trolling Bryson. Yeah. It, oh, it, it, it was great. Brooks is very, very witty. Um, you know, you think he's a giant meathead, but he's, he's pretty sharp with the wit. Um, I mean, well, and, and quick, that, and quick sidebar while we're talking meathead, what is the, 
what is the PGA's official <laughs> testing policy? Because we have, we have a uh, the still in studio that we're using is a photo of Bryson DeChambeau is yoked out of his mind in this photo, and there's certainly and it's yoked in areas that you don't typically y- get yoked, like your neck muscles. Certainly, there's some before and after Bryson DeChambeau <laughs> photos out there, and maybe it was all just his quarantine. Uh, lifting thing, which again, fucking he, Peloton, bro. He released the video of his workout routine and him setting up the gym, and maybe it's just all that and amazing nutrition. But what what is their testing policy? Like, I feel like I never hear stories of golfers testing positive. Certainly, it it doesn't seem like they're dabbling that much, but I'm sure some of these guys. I mean, Woods, Tiger Woods had a run where he looked super possibly on something. What what is the testing policy, Steve? Well, with Tiger, I mean, if you think back, I think ten years ago, who is that doctor's name? Uh, Anthony Galea, wasn't oh, he like yes. Arod's doctor? Yeah, yeah. So t- so he was. So Tiger used to use that guy too, and I think uh, <laughs> the guy got one of his like uh, associates got busted in Niagara Falls with a bunch of steroids at the border. So there's <laughs> always been some hints about with Tiger if he used steroids. Um, so allegedly, the PGA Tour does do performance enhancing drug testing. And and just drug testing in general. Now they've mostly just outed guys for using marijuana. You don't usually hear anything about guys using HGH. I think Rory uh, ended up saying in an interview that if he really wanted to use HGH, he probably could get away with it just because they're a little lax on it, and the PGA Tour kind of wants to protect their top stars. So, um, but yeah, I mean, Brooks basically accused Bryson a few weeks ago of using steroids and. Uh, no. I think Bryson and actually today they did a, uh, a feature of Bryson and his crazy workouts. And I actually, they actually made a point that his trainer said that he doesn't use steroids. <laughs> and then they tried to blame on the fact he, he eats 5,000 calories a day, eats oh, no. four eggs, like 15 milkshakes, a steak for lunch. So it I mean, sounds like my diet. So you know what I've learned? <laughs> you know what you don't do to people who take steroids? Accuse them of taking steroids. They get very <laughs> sensitive about it. Uh, it's interesting. I wonder if we had a list of like all the guys who've been accused of taking steroids, <laughs> whether or not they were taking steroids. I, I feel like there's ninety-eight uh, percent. There's a pretty big correlation. But really, ha- if gun to your head, if you had to pick one, and my bookie is uh, .ag, they're pretty good about doing a lot of these fun head-to-head and, and three-ball stuff. As it gets closer, if you had a head-to-head matchup between these two, which way are you leaning this weekend? Well, I, th- I think it's no question, and these two guys no. are going in completely opposite directions, and it's it's bizarre because up until three weeks ago, it was reversed as far as who you really want to bet. I mean, I I'm firmly backing Brooks on this one, and I I, I don't think we appreciate enough how not not necessarily easily, but just how often he's able to flip a switch ahead of a major and just find random form. I mean, if you've been a fan of Brooks all year, it's been pretty bleak, you know, going back before, you know, COVID shut everything down. There was not a lot to hang your hat on with him. You know, the ball striking was bad. He was missing cuts. The knee was bulky. He just didn't seem right. Um, and even after the PGA tour return, he had a couple good finishes to start, but he was pretty much faking. It, it was almost all with his putting. And then all of a sudden at the three M open a couple of weeks ago, even though he missed the cut, he had his best ball striking week of the year. And then last week he did even better. I think he gained something like 10 strokes T to green per round and he's back now. I mean, the putter is a little iffy right now, but he did the same thing last year before the PGA championship. He played a couple of events before the PGA. Then ball striking was really good. The putter was a little shaky, but you know, Brooks is on when he starts dialing in his irons and those are just on point right now. And then as for Bryson, you know, if in full transparency, I have some money on him, but I got in really early on him. If you guys remember that big 5,000 word column where I basically blacked out and all of a sudden I had a (laughs) giant column on my hands. Your opus. Yes. My opus. Well, if you got through all of my ramblings, I listed a bunch of guys who I thought their futures were off. And one of those guys was Bryson for the PJ championship. Now back then he was 35 to one and I got in on that price. And after he won in Detroit, I was feeling great. I mean, he would, the, the gains he has made off the tee were proving were definitely gaining dividends. 
and he was gaining a ton of strokes with his approach shots too, and putting lights out. I mean, that that's breaking golf right there. You're going to win any for every golf course, but even with that win, there started to be some little telltale signs of some trouble. And then they've really reared its head. The last two tournaments, his iron play has completely crapped the bed. So over his last two tournaments, he's still doing pretty well off the tee. He's gained seven strokes off the tee, but he's lost 16 shots to the field with his irons and with his scrambling, which already wasn't very good to begin with. Now he's saving himself with his putting. He's gaining about 1.6 strokes per round over his last uh, four tournaments, but that's completely unsustainable. And when you're Bryson and you want to basically hit it, no matter where it goes, you just want to make sure you have a short distance in the green. You're going to have a wedge in hand on a par four. You have to hit it within 20 feet to at least give yourself a good look at birdie. And he's not doing that right now. He's dumping it in a bunker. He's hitting it long. He's hitting it 40 feet away from the pin. Or if you're on a par five and you have a seven iron in hand, you got to at least hit the green. He's not hitting it there. And when your irons are bad, when he's taking the strategy he's doing, all that gains you've made with distance off the tee is completely gone to waste. And really what you've turned into is Bubba Watson. You know, it's a guy who gains a lot off the tee. He's an average iron player and he has to get by with his putting. And, you know, I mean, Bubba Watson, great career. You know, he's won two masters, but do you really want to bet on a guy who's 15 to one? Who's that boomer bust? So no. Yeah, I mean, in, in a head-to-head, I like Brooks. And if you're someone who's maybe like you're 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 all in on Bryson and you're a little upset you didn't get in a, a good price on him, I don't know if you're really gonna miss it. I mean, I know that I said that bomb, you know, basically bombers might have a good advantage here, but if he's not hitting the greens out of the rough like he hasn't been, there's not a whole lot he can really do. Yeah. Yeah, I'm 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 Team Brooks all the way there. I was gonna say, I mean, that was a great answer. My answer would have been, "Fuck yeah!" I mean, the guy shows up to the prom every time. He's never let he doesn't let us down. Big game, Brooks. Meanwhile, meanwhile, we have the classic Bosworth situation here. Yeah, just new guy onto the scene, questionable, unknown to first round talent, based (laughs) off a lift in two twenty five a couple times. Come on. Yeah, and it's crazy. Brooks is uh my bookie has him right now to win it all 10 to 1. Mm. So that's always that's always a little uh little steep when you get to almost single digits, but certainly a favorite for a reason. We're talking major. We have to uh crowbar a little a little Tiger talk. What can we expect of from Tiger Woods going into this PGA Championship? He's in a he's in a bettable price point at least for me to win it all at 33 to 1. Are you are you uh, doing any long shot action on uh, Tiger this week? You know, typically I come on here and I my general stance with Tiger is just avoid him. I mean, usually the books make him overpriced. There's usually something to hang your hat on with him that doesn't make you want to completely fade Tiger. But I'm not there this week. I have some big concerns with where he's at right now. I mean, you can't really judge his performance you know, golfing on the golf course. Cause he just hasn't done a whole lot. I think he only has 11 rounds, um, measured stroke gain, strokes gain rounds this year. So it's a very small sample size, but we've seen with him when, you know, he doesn't play a whole lot entering a major, he's a little rusty. And when he goes to places where the temperature's cold, it's damp, it's windy. Yeah. You know, he, I mean, he's the type of guy right now. He has to get up at 2 AM, uh, to start getting basically to start prepping his body in order to play the full round, you know, that, that day. And he's teeing off right early Thursday morning. The weather is going to be 55 degrees. It's going to be cold. It's damp. Uh, I'm getting some Royal port rush vibes from him. You know, if you guys remember last year, the open championship, if for the first tee shot, he hooked it right into the left rough and he just made a, he, he, winced right on camera and you knew it was gonna be a long round. And I think he shot like a 76 that day and he got bounced from the tournament immediately. So usually what you do then, if you, if you, if you're on fade tiger is the books will, you know, overprice him, but that's actually not happening. Like you mentioned, I mean, he's 33 to one to win the tournament and on all his matchup props, he actually is at plus odds and he's a pretty significant underdog too. And I think what's happening is the books realize that the sharp money 
sees all these bad circumstances that I just described, and they're going to want to fade tiger. And they're going to want these guys to play a premium on it. We're on the flip side. They're going to get Joe Q public money seeing, Hey, I can get tiger woods a plus odds against Colin Morikawa. I'll take that. I mean, it's, it's a, for some of these matchup props, I'm definitely looking to fade him. And that, that minus like 160 minus 170 numbers, a little daunting. It's a little scary looking in the face, but I'm not really scared of it. I'm not expecting a whole lot from him. Even if he does make the cut, I don't think he's going to crack the top 40. And there's a lot of guys he's paired with like Webb Simpson, you know, and a Patrick Cantley that I have pretty high hopes for that. I think is just going to, you know, beat him easily. Oh, yeah. I'm already starting to love my DraftKings lineup based <laughs> on some words Steve has said there. Uh, I, I will go ahead, Sean. I'm gonna, I'm getting excited. Oh, I, I mean, so am I. I I'm never really that of frequent uh, a tiger backer because because of the, because of the price point and and it and it was just interesting to me. His price is very low this week. It, it's low this week, and I and that's why I wanted to to get Steve's take on it. Before we get going to the uh, our DraftKings DFS lineup, couple other uh, couple other guys. I'm just curious about your take before we get him. This guy, of course, not on my DraftKings lineup because he is. Feels a, a little bit like we're going through your DraftKings lineup. He is <laughs> not on my lineup, Ryan, as I as I clarified there, <laughs> because he's a Dallas Cowboys oh, fan, oh, and geez. it seems like he's kind of falling off. Jordan Spieth. There was a time when it was like, next man up, Jordan yeah. Spieth. Look out, Tiger. Here comes Jordan Spieth. And you look at his, uh, I mean, his props to win it all at my bookie. He's like plus five thousand, fifty to one in DraftKings. I almost took him because he was only seventy seven hundred dollars. What what has happened to Jordan Spieth? I feel like he's had a pretty big fall from grace. Well, I mean, this is now a two year problem. I remember talking about him before. I think when I first came on the podcast with you guys in the eighteen Masters, um, at that point. The ball striking was really good, but the putter was a disaster. He was missing two footers, three footers. He looked like he had the yips. And 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 I've come on this podcast since then, and we've talked about a lot of his problems now with his swing, and a lot of it seems to be mental. You know, I, I always recall back to a podcast he did uh, with the guys from the No Laying Up, and he was talking about different trying to get back to different swing feels. Um, based on when he was great. You know, he talks about how he felt swinging the club in 2014, you know, when he finished running up to Bubba Watson at the masters there, he talks about when he had that huge breakout year in 15, you know, how he swing the club. And then he talks about the swing feel in 17 and he's just, he's always looking back instead of looking forward and trying to fix the problem. And I think it's, it, it, I, I th- personally think he needs to make some sort of change, whether it's a caddy change or a swing coach change, but if you look at his recent performance, it's it's you're starting to see some signs of encouragement and it's you're starting to see with his irons, which used to be really the bread and butter of his game and really fell off for a little bit. But over his last two tournaments, he's gained over seven strokes with his irons and you know the putting and the and the scrambling and hit, you know which is usually great has been pretty good. The problem with Jordan though is he still has that huge big right miss like where he just blocks it 40, 50 yards offline. And, you know, sometimes he was able to get away with it. Other tournaments when there were fans because the rough would be trampled down. But what he's kind of finding this year is there's no, you know, the basically he's hitting it in the deepest rough on the golf course. And, you know, I mean, I think he's going to need to really tighten up his performance off the tee because he doesn't have that club head speed in order to get out of the rough. Like a lot of guys do. Um, but there are some signs of, you know, of improvement in his play that at least gives a little hope that maybe he can, you know, find some form Kramer, any, any, uh, any other guys you want to get to before we, we start breaking it well, down I, go DFS? I feel like we can have the conversation later, but I mean, Everyone keeps talking about how this is, or maybe this is just me talking about it because I don't actually talk to too many people. But <laughs> this is Ricky Fowler's time, right? Ooh, what do you what do you say to that, Steve? Oh man, <laughs> oh Kramer, did you did you watch did you watch last week? Yeah, uh, no, I, I I know I know I just every time. So here's what happens: I I start making my DraftKings lineup and I, I scroll down and I'm like, oh, Ricky Fowler's underpriced. 
And then I look into it and I'm like, well, he's not really underpriced, but <laughs> goddamn, I like ruin for Ricky Fowler. Then I start buying into like all this shit that he's doing to a swing. And next thing you know, I'm like, well, this is Ricky Fowler's time. And then I ask you the golf expert as if other people have said this to see if you'll agree with me. And you predictably uh, shamed me for suggesting that Ricky Fowler's back. <laughs> All right. Let, I mean, let, let me at least try and make you feel a little better. Okay. Last like, week like was, that. last week was encouraging. He did have some pretty good ball striking rounds, at least for the first two tournaments or first two rounds. It's just that like, wh- what do you expect out of him <laughs> at, at this point? I mean, he looks just, cool in his outfit. That's all that. Yeah. That's all that Kramer wants. The he, looks cool squad. In the mu- he looks cool in the mustache too. I'm going to have to, uh, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll have to reach out to my bookie. See if they do refunds on, on bets. See if I cancel <laughs> that guy. I mean, what, what's his price this, this week? I think like 40 to one, 45 to one. It's enough I mean, to make I, me interested every time. <laughs> I, I, I mean, he's going through some swing changes. There's, there's been some at least some signs that he can at least, you know, put together for a few rounds. I just, I don't know what's really to get excited for them. I think he kind of just is what he is at All this right. point. And I mean, I, listen, if, if I'm wrong, I'll, I'll eat crow and you know, but I just, <laughs> I, he's, he, he's just not on my radar. That's uh yeah, is what it is. I feel like again, great. Sad, sad day for the drip squad. <laughs> RIP. Is what it is. That is definitely my uh, <laughs> analysis of my uh, golf game. That's We're going to be giving out a DraftKings lineup here in a second, but time to talk about DraftKings. NBA was back. I know we gave out some million dollar lineups. I, I think I cashed one of my lineups. Didn't cash the big prize, but again, DraftKings, the leader in one day fantasy sports. They're offering you a shot at millions of dollars every day this week. Pretty easy. If you play the fantasy basketball, pick eight guys, stay under the salary cap. We're going to be doing the golf, which is six players, of course, similar idea. But really, basketball's back, golf's back, and then you have the daily MLB action all over at DraftKings.com. And again, reminder they tee off super early yeah. uh, West Coast time. So get, get those line, get those lineups in late Wednesday. If you're on the West Coast, I think. Pretty early uh, tea times, or sorry, it's early. Uh, wait, early if you're on the East Coast. Whatever it is, get those lineups in. And time is a flat circle. <laughs> millions so. of dollars up for grabs this week. No better place to get it than over at DraftKings. Download the DraftKings app now and use the promo code SGP to get a shot at millions of dollars in prizes every day this week. That's promo code SGP to get a shot at millions of dollars in prizes. Every day of this week, only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. All right, let's get to it. Oh, should I should I start this? Yeah, uh, I, I think so. I mean, I think we've gotten a lot of feedback that all Sean Sean does is copy. Steve. Yes, exactly. So we'll clarify. There's no way I'm copying Steve because I will be going first. <laughs> you mentioned that maybe this course is playing like the U.S. Open in 2019. Yep. You know who got second place in the U.S. Open oh. 2019? Brooks Kepka. He's my he's my chalky uh, big money player. But again, Brooks, it just they call him uh, what big money Brooks, whatever it is. It's a major. It's his time to shine. He's going to be motivated to shove it in Deschamps' face. Eleven thousand one hundred. But for me, you got to throw one of these big dogs in, and certainly Brooks Kepka is the one. And and my bookie, if you look at some of their matchup props, I mean. Brooks Kepka plus one fifteen against John Rahm. Yes, sir. Brooks Kepka minus one fourteen, one minus one forty against Dustin Johnson. Uh, throw that in there as well. So all over Brooks. Steve, what are you doing with your first golfer? All right. Well, my first guy is actually someone you just mentioned. He didn't have that great of a tournament at uh, the WGC Memphis, but seems like he's a good fit for this golf course. He's kind of in a similar spot before he won uh, the Memorial a couple weeks ago. And that's John Rahm at $10,500. You know, he kind of, he definitely scuffled through his first three rounds in Memphis, but uh, he provides some signs of hope in the last round. He shot a final round 67, gained three strokes with his ball striking and doing so. Um, The conditions of the Memorial are a little similar. What we're going to see this week, it was windy. The greens were firm. It had some deep penal rough. So He's definitely well equipped to handle that. The question always with him is, is he, you know, 
mature enough to win a major. I used to be a guy who tries to psychoanalyze him. I I'm over that. Like, you know, he's, he's clearly talented enough to win any golf course. He plays, he's won all on golf courses all over the world, whether it's links courses or tight, like narrow tree line golf courses or bombers paradise, like Tory pines, which is actually a similar golf course to what we might see this week. Um, I just don't care if he's, you know, so-called immature because the guy's talented. And I think we all can agree. He's going to eventually win a major. So, uh, I don't love that. He is a Thursday afternoon tea time. I made reference to this earlier. Um, guys going off in the morning on Thursday are going to have, even though it's colder, the winds are only going to be about maybe five to 10 miles per hour at in the afternoon, they're going to kick up to 15 to 25. So uh, I don't love that he has that Thursday afternoon tea time, but this is a lineup for all four rounds and I like his form and I like his fit for the golf course. Kramer uh, form is important. And we saw this guy bounce back last week. I'm taking a zig strategy to your guys. Zag. I did not spend five fingers on a single golfer, although I wow. love Brooks Kepka, and I would absolutely probably if I Let's just say I was going with a multi lineup approach this week. I would have Brooks. I would have my man Xander, king of the millennial names. But I and maybe even some Webb Simpson. But I'm starting my guy my uh, lineup out with a guy Steve mentioned early, earlier, and that's Cantley. And I got excited when he noted him earlier. I thought, what better golfer to drop into the captain seat of mm. my lineup? I wouldn't say this is the guy you're looking to captain your drip squad. Uh, the aforementioned Ricky Fowler, not, not a lot of drip, not available this week because I'm trying to have a rational lineup, but dude makes the cut. And I, I, I what you're going to see here is a fairly high floor lineup of guys that are going to make cuts. Maybe my ceiling is limited, Sean, but of course, you know, getting six guys to the weekend. That's the key. Patrick Cantlay, 60 or I'm sorry, 9,400. All right. Kramer. Oh, I'm Kramer. Yes. There's a guy that uh, Steve mentioned earlier, Colin Morikawa. Oh, here we go. And he, he made my lineup and he's only $8,600. I think he's a good guy to throw in here coming off a decent run, been playing pretty well. And uh, my brother, Chuck oh, what's texted this? me. He's been, he's been really getting into golf. <laughs> Is and he a golf betting expert as well? He's turning into one. And uh, he was pointing out that uh, Colin went to Stanford and oh. played this course a bunch of time. Hashtag course knowledge. So throw me a little, a uh, little taste of Colin Morikawa at 8,600. I like that, Steve. That's, that's a, that's an expert play. If I ever heard one, I'm right. Yeah, I mean, I I, I love Morikawa. You know, he's he's probably the best iron player on tour right now. Um, you know, the only things he might be concerned about is he's not a good scrambler, and mm. if the greens are firm, you know, it's that's going to negatively impact him. But he hits so many greens that he doesn't scramble a whole lot. The one thing you mentioned about playing at home sometimes it actually has a negative effect on guys, you know. And one of the things I like to point to is Xander Shoffley when he goes down to Torrey Pines. Everybody thinks, oh, he's from San Diego. And he usually bombs out of the tournament. So be careful <laughs> using that rationale sometimes. All uh, right. I love I love when you do that to Sean. It <laughs> makes, it makes your, me so happy. Who's your who's your uh, second guy here? Well, my second guy is someone that uh Kramer stole my thunder from, and that is Patrick Cantley, ninety four hundred dollars. Yes. So like John Rahm, he struggled out of the gates at, at Memphis. I think he was he was almost dead last to after the first round, but on Saturday and Sunday, he was minus eight through the weekend. So, and he gained uh, just under four strokes with his ball striking Saturday and Sunday. So he is peaking at a good time. He's a guy I really liked last week and he kind of let me down. Well, he did let me down. Um, I kind of whistled past the graveyard about, you know, that he hasn't had a lot of success on Bermuda grass golf courses. I'm not generally someone who thinks trying to target grass specialists is really all that important. I think it's a little overblown, but it was a little, it was a red flag. I probably should have listened to last week, but if you are someone who kind of looks at those stats and thinks it's gospel, he is a lot better on bank grass, uh, surfaces. He puts a little better on them. So he definitely could have a nice rebound. And I actually like him maybe to, you know, I think he's what 25 to one to win tournament. You know, he, he, th maybe this is his week. Kramer third golfer. What do you got for a us? second golfer, Sean? Oh, that's right. Uh, and I'm going. I, I I would assume this guy is of some sort of Irish descent. He has uh, very light, maybe even red hair. I don't know. But I'm going with the form. And again, 
11 of 13 cuts made, but he's absolutely tearing up the tour right now. And that's Daniel. Is it Berger or Berger? Berger. That's my guy. Shout out to Golf World for helping me prep for this episode. <laughs> uh, no, I, I uh, basically, if you if you do any sort of like research on the tournament this weekend for draft for any sort of DFS action, this guy pops up as a, is maybe the fittest of all golfers. Uh, so don't have a lot of reasons other than he fit the eighty eight hundred dollars beautifully into the second spot. And I think he's a, again, high floor opportunity here. Uh, opportunity to, to definitely have four rounds of this guy. All right. My third golfer I'm going, uh, I'm going Gary Woodland. And of course you remember he won the 2019 us open. So again, Steve said this could be playing like uh, last year's us open and uh, not a bad roll of the dice here to get a little uh, action on Gary Woodland. Solid ball striking numbers this year as well, and a price point, a very reasonable price point, seventy nine hundred dollars. Give me Gary Woodland here, and and I I think he's he's been playing pretty solid. Not a great round at the uh, WGC FedEx, but overall, I, he's been pretty solid. Thirteen out of fifteen cuts made. Gary Woodland feels pretty good, and he's got that uh, early tee time on Thursday, eight eleven a.m. Steve, what are you doing? What are you doing with your third golfer? All right, my third guy is someone who's probably a little unfairly taking a little crap from the media, including me on the Slack channel. I've kind of beat him up a little <laughs> bit. Um, that's Tony Finau at seventy nine hundred dollars. It's a really low price for what he usually is. Now, I think some of the criticism about how the guy constantly puts himself near the top of the leaderboard, but he can't win, and that's actually I think kind of kept his buzz a little bit lower this week. I've actually seen his futures price drop through the week. I think it was start off 40 to one. I've seen it now around 50 to one, but you know, just because he's not winning golf tournaments, it doesn't mean it can't help your lineup. And it doesn't mean he's not playing golf capable of winning. It's just, he's showing that it's really hard to win the PGA tour, you know, and the more times he puts himself in good positions in the leaderboard, chances are it's eventually going to happen. So, you know, overall TPC Harding parks is great fit for him. He's a long hitter. He's been hitting his irons. Well, his scrambling putting has been pretty good this year. And if you're, you know, one of those guys who really loves to uh, look at your grass uh, performance, uh, he's a bad grass specialist. So yeah, I, I, I kind of like him this week and I don't think he's gonna be as popular as what he usually is. I mean, considering all the criticism he's taken and there's some other guys around that price point that I think might draw a little more ownership. Uh, I too am a grass expert, Steve. So <laughs> I, I'm, I'm glad to hear you say that about my man, Tony. What are you, what are you doing for your, uh, your next golfer here, Ryan? Well, I mean, I, I feel like we're, we've somehow gone out of order uh, or, or I'm not just not paying attention. I also have Tony Finau. Um, my, my note next to his name was why ask Steve, why is he under $8,000? <laughs> uh, Cause he, like I, he, I was literally scrolling through. I, I did something different uh, this week, Sean. I uh, built my lineup from the bottom up. Oh, you went you, small. You guys, to big. Yeah. You guys were talking about thick earlier and it made me think of my lineup construction bottom to top. And no, I, I, when I got to Tony Finau, I I've now gone completely out of order, but I'll throw him out as my third guy at 7,900. I figured why not? I had no idea he was a grass specialist like myself. So this <laughs> makes me even happier. What was the kind of grass Steve? bet? Did you say bed? Bed grass? Yes. E -N -T, grass. Oh, that, oh no. We are the <laughs> same grass specialists. Who know? Sean, you're up. Tommy Fleetwood, $7,700. What I like about Tommy is oh. he didn't have an amazing round or, or amazing uh, four rounds, but his la the last time this guy stepped on a golf course before this PGA championship in meaningful competition, he shot a 65, Sean, six final round birdies allowed him to rise 18 spots. I I'm a little concerned that I've unlocked your, your lineup formula this year, this week. And what is that? I think it's hair envy. <laughs> you're, you're Tommy just... Fleetwood does have amazing hair. He reminds us. Uh, he reminds me of a uh, Billy Bahate, our soccer guy. His profile. Mm. He's an English Those guy locks. with the long shoulder length hair. Kind of got the dirty Jesus look going. But yeah, seventy-seven hundred bucks for Tommy Fleetwood. Again, coming off a red hot round. I, I like that to continue here early, especially in the PGA Championship. Steve, what are you doing next? 
All right. Well, I also went Tommy Fleetwood at $7,700, but I'm going to expand a little bit because I don't think you're doing just actual points. (laughs) I I don't think you're giving justice about how bad it's actually been for him. So it's, it's been Rocky and that's why his price point is down right here. I mean, he was late coming over um, after PGA tour return. He didn't play until the three M open. He missed the cut. There really was bad. uh, First three rounds the at in Memphis. So where is he struggling? I mean, it's a small sample size, but usually he's known as a pretty accurate driver off the tee and he's just not doing, he's missing a lot of fairways. He's putting himself in a lot of trouble off the tee. It's a little more forgiving. It's more forgiving off the tee than it was last week in Memphis. There's not as many like, like water hazards. And like you just mentioned his last round, he actually did show something. Um, you know, like you mentioned, he had the 65, he actually hit 78% of his fairways in the final round. So that gives maybe a little bit of comfort. Maybe his form off the tees coming around. He gained 2.6 shots to green that final round. And just looking at the weather forecast and how it's kind of shaping up feels a lot like a European tour yeah. style, like of weather, you know, cold, damp, you know, and the one bright spot through all his struggles are his irons and scrambling has been pretty good. And that, and that's going to be pretty important if the golf course does play firm. So the only negative here is he does have a Thursday afternoon tea time. If you're a little scared off by his recent form, you don't like the fact that he's going off in the afternoon. You can always go to Abraham answer at $7,700 as well. He's the guy who's playing really well. I think he's gained something like a one and a half strokes per round. Uh, on the field over his last uh, 16 rounds, he's probably going to be a little more popular than Fleetwood. Um, just because again, there's some other guys around and, and answer included. Um, that's going to be a lot more popular than Fleetwood just because they've been better. But I have a funny feeling Fleetwood's going to show better um, this week. Sean. Well, now I feel much better about my Fleetwood. Great pick, pick Sean. Exactly. Absolutely stellar pick. Uh, I wanted to end. So I, my team's actually constructed of two types of people, and this is the last of the first type of people. I dare you, and I, I don't know much about these guys, so I'm in, I'm definitely making unfounded, uh, derogatory statements about them without actually having a conversation with them. But I dare you to click on the DraftKings photos of Patrick Cantley, Berger, Finau. And Ch- and my 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 last guy in this category, Ches, is it Reevy? You got it, Ches Reevy. Nailed it. I dare you to click at those pictures and tell me which one of them hasn't spent time inside of a locker, <laughs> because they all they all look like they've had some issues with bullies in their in their their life, their career, maybe at school. So rounding out the the locker dweller portion of my DraftKings lineup this this uh this year to celebrate the PGA championship. I'm gonna go with a guy who is plus 0.87 strokes per round on approach over his last 16 rounds, Sean. A very specific thing I just cited right there because that's important. And just so you know, that would mean if he kept that up for the entire season, he would be fourth best on tour. He's in my lineup because that's I think Steve was talking about how that might be an interestingly useful metric to look at this, this, uh, this, this tournament. And he was 7,400. Didn't have a lot of options. Didn't have a lot of good options. So again, four guys who have spent some time in some lockers, haven't spent over team locker, team locker. Well, team locker is about to be balanced out in a real way with some drip. So stay tuned for my last two guys. I actually also have Ches mm. Reevy in my lineup here. Do you like that stat? Did you have that written down, Sean? No, I do have this stat that oh. six of the past seven winners of the PGA Championship oh. finished top fifteen or better, and Ches is one of them, coming off a sixth place finish. Uh, so what more do you what more do you need? Accurate driver again. You you throw out a bunch of great stats there, but really just one. Chez uh, R- really looks like Chris Pontius too. If you take off <laughs> if you take off the long hair of Chris Pontius, I don't. Yeah, know. Yeah, interesting uh, looking dude. Giant forehead, which again, Ryan, as you point out, big big uh, plenty of room for <laughs> a giant brain in there. Normally, I don't like to bet on guys who don't have real first names, a la Kyler Murray, oh. but Chez definitely follows. Yeah. Falls in the not a real first name category. Make sure you get Ches in the lineup with Xander. For that sure. being said, seventy four hundred dollars feels like a high floor, 
or sorry, high ceiling. Yeah, there you go. Possibly low floor. We'll see what the Chess man yeah, does. Pretty safe, I'd say. I'd say he has a high floor and a particularly high ceiling. Well, that's a good combination, Steve. What are you doing for your next guy? All right, my next guy is someone I haven't really heard a whole lot of buzz about, but there is a lot to like just as far as his form. Um, that's Harris English at seventy two hundred dollars. A lot of guys, you know, consider him mostly a Bermuda grass specialist, but he's been great all year long on pretty much any golf course you throw at him. Um, his long term and short term trends are really good. He's gained about a shot and a half per round on the field uh, this season on the PGA Tour, and that actually matches his last four tournaments he gained about a shot and a half per round on the field. So it's always good to see a guy matching his short-term form with his long-term form. You know, it shows he's really consistent. Uh, he's you know pretty efficient tee to green. He's a good scrambler. He's a really improved putter as well. Uh, he hits it long and straight off the tee. It's that's a good mix this week of having good length and accuracy. And he benefits from having early Thursday tee time. So he could get off to a pretty nice start. Uh, he, you know, he's a guy I was evaluating for the, for a spot on the, the locker dweller list uh, also in very good form. So uh, Sean, my, my fifth guy, Yeah, I have to balance out all this, all this alleged nerd with some proper drip. So what better or where else to look, I should say than the great country of Australia, just the originators of drip Jason day. He's back. I know Steve's gonna shit all over this one and his his fragile ass back, but he's in good form. <laughs> yeah, you say back, and you're you're yeah, he's throwing back. in a guy who has back issues, uh, but in cold uh, cold weather. But Just he's also got that filthy amounts of drip. So eighty four hundred, Jason Day. Uh, yeah, I, I needed to balance out the nerd. All right, I like it, and he's playing well. I right, I mean, Steve, t- tell me I'm I'm wrong. Please. I'm gonna I'm gonna save my commentary for yes, at okay. the end when we do picks and props. Okay. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> that's a, that's either a good thing or a bad thing for me. I I have a take. Oh, a, Ooh, oh that's not a I good love thing for that. Me. Sean, you're up. All right, I went with a, a gentleman from uh, Sweden. His name is Henrik Stenson. Oh. He's only seventy three hundred dollars. Pretty reliable guy. A guy that I, I think pretty just safe. like the Swedes. Yeah, right. You know Ikea. what you're getting. You know what you're getting with Swedes. It's very uh, just predictable. I think is the best thing you can say about the Swedes. Awesome meatballs, infuriating <laughs> uh, engineering. But oh, and they got but Spotify. So check us out on uh, yeah. <laughs> Spotify. Good, uh, the one good thing the Swedes did. No, I'm cool, Swede. Uh, <laughs> He's a very steady guy. Top ten in in uh, he the previous five PGA Championships. So whatever yeah. it is about coming over, playing in America in the PGA Championship, that just seems to be a good match for him. Granted, they rotate the courses, but whatever it is, that seems to be a uh, a good thing for my man Henrik Stenson. And again, he's got a top twenty at the World Golf Championships this year. So yeah, at one point he, he was a guy they were talking about who could be the guy. He could, yeah, he was constantly in the mix for possibly being the guy, but he hasn't he hasn't quite gotten there. Has doesn't have the uh, doesn't have the major win. But I, I think I think this year he's going to be in the mix. Yeah, Swedish Webb Simpson. There you go, Steve. Who's your final golfer in your DraftKings lineup? All right, my final guy is someone who again I haven't really heard a whole lot of buzz about him, but. Um, he's played well since uh, the PGA Tour return. He's got a lot of good attributes I like. That's Kevin Streelman at seventy one hundred dollars. Um, since the PGA Tour return, he's gained about one point four strokes per round. Um, actually, not since the return. Over his last four tournaments, I'm sorry, he's gained one point four strokes per round over the field. Um, he's not really known as a great scrambler putter, but he's actually doing both pretty well right now. He's gained about half a stroke on the field in both areas combined over his last four tournaments. Um, he's not the longest guy out there, but he hits a pretty straight, good iron player. And he's shown really good upside this year. He finished second in the AT&T Pebble beach. He was second in the travelers a couple of weeks ago. Um, I think when you put him on, uh, he's pretty good on bent grass. And I think there's a lot to like about him this week. So he'll be my last guy. I love getting bent on grass. Adam Scott, 78. Oh, shit writes itself, Sean. 7,800 went back to the great country of Australia. I know he has, you're going to tell me uh, he hasn't played. What kind of form could he possibly be in? Uh, but he shows up. He's a, he's got a little of that, uh, that Brooks in him. Uh, Adam Scott has forever showed up in, in big events. So 
Uh, I expect him to show up. He was only 7,800. He has drip and uh, let, let's uh, let's close this bad boy out, Sean Kramer. Before we, uh, we give out our bets for uh, what we like here, who we have as the winners, maybe some matchups, some long shots, maybe a couple props in there. Before we get to that, I want to give a shout out to ACE per head. You could, instead of just betting on the PGA Championship, you could be starting your own sports book and taking bets. All you got to do is go to aceperhead.com slash SGP. Aceperhead.com slash SGP. Use that sign up link. Get up to six weeks free. Are you kidding me? They got great, uh, great customer service there. Great setup. You don't need to know how to run a professional betting website. You just turn it on. They get you set up. They do all the wager grading. They update the lines. They take care of you over at ACE per head. And again, if you use our link, aceperhead.com slash SGP, get up to six weeks free. All right. Now we've come to the, the final portion of the program. I'm going to give out some bets, some props, some picks. I'll, I'll kick things off. Again, I like my boy Colin Morikawa, thirty-five to one over at mybookie.ag. I had already thrown out the uh, couple Brooks matchup props. I like those as well. Give me a little taste of Tommy Fleetwood at forty-five to one as well. And then for my kind of golf crazy prop bet, give me to win the first, the to be the first round leader. Phil Mickelson oh, at 100 no. to one. And again, that's something I kind of picked up in the Slack channel. I would recommend joining our Slack channel, mm. sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Slack. Steve just goes off, drops tons of golf knowledge, <laughs> stuff that doesn't even make it into his columns. But I, I think one of the other uh, Slack users was maybe mentioned Phil Mickelson and uh, Steve had a great point of how Phil has been known to kind of get off to some good starts and age and you know kind of gets him when the weekend comes around, but starting off hot on a Thursday. So those those are my plays. Phil Mickelson, hundred to one. Can I give you a, a matchup? Sure. Like real quick, because I, I did I, I would actually go this is maybe maybe the lock. Maybe the lock of the century. Well, because I knew when I brought up Ricky Fowler earlier, Steve was going to make fun of me. I pre- preemptively found a prop where we got to fade. Ooh, Ricky Fowler this weekend. And I, I'm and while you're looking that up, Ryan, my lock and I'll, I will make it my oh, official lock I'm is sorry. uh Brooks Kepka. It's about even money uh, to make a top 20 Daniel Berger minus minus one twenty five versus Ricky Fowler. Ooh. Okay. So I'm fading my heart there. <laughs> there I'm you fading go. Fading my heart. All right. What else? What else do you got, Kramer? Oh, let me pull up these bad boys. Odds to win. Uh, well, we we discussed it earlier. It would be a shame if Brooks won another major. I didn't. I didn't sprinkle a little bit on it. So I'll put a a quarter. Eh, let's just call it a a third of a unit on Brooks Kepka. Because why not? And then then I'm gonna just follow follow the lineup. Right. Tony Finau, forty five to one. I'm going to sprinkle another third of my unit on that. And Sean, by the way, you owe me a bunch of units and perhaps I'm betting your units on these matchups. And if I really wanted to dig down the board, uh, I, I'm going to go with my man because we liked his name because he, he uh, honorary, we can make him an honorary member of the drip squad, drip, drip squad, Chez Reavy, 100 to one. Uh, and then uh, Sean, the other, the other one that I was going to throw out is uh, I don't know if you uh, you'd like to dabble on the uh, little three three uh, ball matchup or the heads up matchup, but coming back to a, a guy that we called out, seventy two hole match betting. Mm. Tony Finau is minus one twenty against Jordan Spieth, a guy that we earlier highlighted how he's a complete mental dipshit and a Cowboys <laughs> fan. So Tony Double Finau, trouble. Tony Finau minus one twenty feels right. Like it, lot of lot of good stuff in there. Steve, close it out strong. What are you what are you doing? Lock, winners, matchups, couple long shots. Where should the people stack their cash? All right. Well, I'll I'll give out a few here. If you want to see all my winners picks, um, you know, I throw out basically a variety of things of of guys who I really like this week. I think that's up on the website right now. I'll have a matchups column up too. I think I'll have like five or six matchups of ones I like there and I'll have a props column too. So definitely go check that out. 
uh, after this podcast, but I'll give you some of the ones that I really like, um, you know, that really piqued my interest here. So we'll start with a matchup prop. Um, I, so there's a matchup. It's, it pits Rory McIlroy against Dustin Johnson mm. and Dustin is plus one sixty against Rory Whoa. and looking at their, and their recent wow. form. I don't, I don't really understand how that line is being set right now. You know, if you look at their last four tournaments, Rory's only his less than a stroke better the entire tournament than DJ has over the last four tournaments. And Rory's really struggling right now. He's and, and where he's struggling is with his irons um, over his last, uh, I'm, well, not since the PGA tour return, he's only gained 0.1 strokes on the field with his irons. And that just isn't going to cut it. And that's actually a full shot worse with his approach shots uh, than before the PGA tour went on the hiatus. And that's usually a really big red flag with Rory that just things aren't going right with him. So uh, I, I like the value of taking Justin Johnson as an underdog and then carrying on with that. I actually kind of like Dustin Johnson's this week, um, not to win, but I think he's going to have a top 10. I think you can get that around plus 200. He wow. played really well in Memphis last week. Uh, he had good ball striking. He was struggling a little bit on the, the greens, but he got that together. He won the travelers uh, a couple weeks ago. He tends to play pretty good out in California on those grasses and the, you know, the thick air he has the length in order to, you know, kind of overpower uh TBC Harding park. And I think he's going to play well Cox. Sorry. When you said length, I just had to throw that trap in there. Steve. <laughs> no problem. Um, now it's time to talk Jason day. Ooh. So I noticed like you did Kramer that he was playing pretty well. And usually Jason day is completely off my radar because he's a garbage ball striker who just gets by on his putting. So much to my surprise, when I looked at how he was basically getting his three straight top tens, his ball striking is actually really good and he's not doing it with the putter. It's actually the inverse. And he's actually kind of back to where he was back in 15, 16, where, you know, he's pretty good off the tee, really good with his irons. And then if he can get the putter going, he can get some good finishes. So what's changed with him? Well, he actually just got rid of his swing coach and caddy, which was a big deal because that's actually, I think he's been with him for about 20 years. That's his mentor, but he's taken ownership in his swing. So, and you, and you also look at him. He's a great scrambler. That's going to be a good fit for TBC Harding park. He's another guy who plays well in California. I like him a lot this week. Now my one concern, which is what you mentioned, and it's the same concern I share with our old friend, Mr. Eldrick woods is how's that back in a hold up in the cold air. So you can get him in as a top 20 prop at plus 200 as well. Oh my God. Um, All right. Yes, please. I'm wow. not willing. I, I'm a little concerned just because, you know, he is going off on Thursday morning. Does he get off to a little bit of a slow start? But I think at the end of the day, I mean, as his numbers look great, he's gaining uh, over his last four tournaments. He's gaining just under a stroke uh, off the team with his approach shots. He's gaining 1.2 around it on the greens. He looks great. So, I mean, I, I'm gonna, I feel sick to my stomach saying, yeah, bet Jason day, but I'm <laughs> going to do it. And then the last thing, um, you know, I, I, I mentioned a lot of guys already that I like to win the tournament. Two guys that I haven't personally talked about in this podcast that deserve some mention is Xander Shoffley and Daniel Berger. Now I talked about in the winner's column this week, both those guys are second and third in total strokes gained since the PGA tour return. And both of them are just killing it in every category. Um, and Berger even has gained over a stroke per round, both with his ball striking and around it on the greens. He's just been on fire. Here's the problem with both. And depending on how you like to bet, it might not be for you. They're really popular this week. I've seen their names bantered around a lot of the so-called expert picks this week. I've seen their prices rise through the week. I think Xander started off around 25 to one. He's down to 20 to one on my bookie. I've seen his price even below that Daniel Berger. I got in earlier this week at 50 to one. He's down to 40. And I think those two guys might end up being the most chalky plays in DFS this week. So they're super popular. Um, if you've already laid your money on both and looking for reassurance, I'm going to give it to you. 
I, my spreadsheets don't lie and I'm a slave to stats at the end of the day. But <laughs> if you're someone who maybe is a little contrarian, doesn't like to follow the crowd, that one might not be for you. And then for a long shot winner, I'm with you, Kramer. I like Ches Reeve, hundred to one. I mean, there's a lot of great things about him. Uh, you would think of a narrow golf course is going to play a little longer than the scorecard indicates. We would price him out. Uh, he actually played great last year at Beth page black. So he could definitely hang with the big boys. So uh, that'll be my long shot winner at hundred to one. Sean, one more fun way to play Jason day. If you are worried about that back breaking down first round leader, 50 to one. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. That, I mean, that makes sense that you can get through one round and maybe not be able to uh, make it last for the, for the entire event. We need to get him a wobble board. Yeah. Get I'm cured. It. That's what, that's what Kramer did. He just stands on this, like balance board entire ten, day, t- 10 to 12 hours a day standing. <laughs> yeah, amazing core strength in case amazing. you haven't heard. Well, awesome times as always. Steve. Wait, Thanks for calling not yet. In. Not yet because we're, we're now it's August. We need to check in. Oh, with okay. All, you're right. Hashtag all rise. Joe judge <laughs> supporters. Give me a giant a early August giants record prediction, Steve. Well, the last time I came on, it was seven and nine, right? Yes. So here, so here's the thing. I think any record is in play just because we've seen what's happening in baseball right now, where in any given week, you see a team lose half their starters, right? So what's to say the giants just doesn't get incredibly <laughs> lucky and catches every single team when all their quarterbacks are out or they just get really unlucky and just COVID ends their season. I mean, in real talk, if if we get 16 games with the NFL, I think that's going to be a pretty good win. I mean, anything we get with the NFL this season is going to be good. Honestly, I think I'm still about it, assuming everything is normal. I'm still around seven and nine. I do like the fact they got rid of Nate. So well, not got rid. He opted. <laughs> he he opted himself. It was and, it was uh, great seeing Steve react to the news in our Slack. <laughs> like, awesome. Lo- love getting rid of Solder there. Yeah, we got rid of the cap hit there, and we're going to put was, the rookie in. Yeah, I was I was kind of bummed, honestly. They, I, what's funny about this whole thing is they can use the money that they get back from him this year to pay him next year. Yeah, because they can roll over yeah. his cap space to next year's he, cap. He's so like weird. taking one for the team and completely fixed this horrible problem. Uh, is, so, is it, there is, is there any way they can get Jadavion Clowney with yeah, the cap room that's 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 yeah, left they, over? They can because I they desperately need the pass rush. Uh, and, and that and would def, that would definitely make me a little happier and a little okay. more optimistic. So here's what I'm hearing. I'm going to recap. I think that Steve may have just joined. I know he didn't say this, but I can see the way his mind is trending. He's just joined the great Walter Football, NBA expert Zach Bronner, and myself on the podium of the Giants will win the <laughs> NFC East next year. <laughs> Sounds good. Right, well, now we can end the show, Sean. All right. All right. Oh wow! I'm gonna pull that clip. Although, don't don't expect that. <laughs> oh wow. Uh, yeah, you guys. Five and eleven would be generous. Wow, Steve, you're always very generous <laughs> with your time, with all the time you put into the great articles from updated Google Map uh, photos of the course. He does it all. Hang out with Steve. SportsGamblingPodcast.com/slash/slack. If you're if you're gonna if you're a guy watching yeah. all four days of a major, like I know a lot of our listeners are, open up the Slack. It, you know, get some commentary from Steve. I'm, I'm sure he'll throw in some bets there as well as as things change go along. And uh, make sure you head over to mybookie.ag. Use that promo code SGP. A hundred percent deposit bonus. It just doesn't get better than that. Check out our new feeds: the Soccer Gambling Podcast, available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and the NBA Gambling Podcast, available everywhere as well. Thank you for participating in the Sports Gambling Podcast. And for the Sports Gambling Podcast, I'm Sean stacking the money green, and he is Ryan. Good luck to you, good luck to Steve, and especially good luck to me. Kramer, let it ride.